take a seat. We got to get started. It's after 7.05 already. Come on in. Find a seat. Good morning to all the men tuning in online. Hanging out with David Sanfilippo. All right. Good morning, men. The entrepreneur is ready to meet this morning. Sweet. Military ready to lead it this morning. All right, so this gentleman has been incredibly important in Ironman's life. He has begun to take us into the social world. We have these battle cries that in social media realm are going to start going out. Lee Strobel just sent us his own battle cry. So first, I want to just thank Connor publicly for what he's been doing for Ironman in the social media realm, which has been so helpful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So if you guys could just continue those applause as he comes on, and he wants to share a couple things for you guys. So guys. Welcome, Connor. Praise God. So good to be here. You know, I thought in some sense that I was like, oh, I need to help convince these guys to sign up for the conference. But this is the Ironman room. Like, most people should be signed up for the conference, as David's talking about, right? But what I was more thinking about is, you know, this conference is about sharing your faith, forging your faith, right? Being prepared to defend it and being able to understand it rationally. And that's what I was talking about with my friend in the car last night, actually, as I was literally convincing him by God's grace, like, not trying to suck someone in, you know what I mean? But convincing him by God's grace to come to this conference. And I was like saying, Mark, you know, just as simply as we talk about accounting, just as simply as we talk about marketing, rationally, we talk about these things, we should be able to rationally talk about our faith. And so when it comes to spreading this conference across Orlando, like we're not running a bunch of Facebook ads or anything like that. Like this is the movement, right? Talking to the guys in your business, talking to the guys at your churches. And we may not feel fully equipped to do that, but you should feel equipped to do that, if that makes sense. Because just like we talk about accounting rationally, just so we talk about marketing rationally, you can talk to your brothers about this. Does that make sense? And so there's already people that God has stirred in their heart that need to hear about this, and we don't need to be afraid to talk about it. So there's probably some guy that you've shared your faith with a couple times. It's naturally come up at a lunch or different things like that. That's the guy who needs to hear about this conference. Make your list in your head, because we're about 50 days out, and most people make decisions about attending a conference or something like that within about two weeks of that conference. And so we're going to equip you with different things. We're going to have little small business cards that you can literally pull right out of your pocket say hey man john if you want to come to this conference like all you have to do is scan this qr code it's going to take you right to the website you can see the speakers you can see the topics we're going to have large postcards like that some new ones are going to be designed but also some small business cards and we're going to send you also talking points out like four simple talking points it's a one-day conference it's not a whole weekend you know so you don't have to commit you don't have to leave your family for two three days it's just one day come with me man it's going to be sweet i can give you a discount code that type of stuff. It's Lee Strobel. He was an atheist turned Christian. That's a big thing for someone to hear. Does that make sense? He was totally against God and now he believes in God. And we're going to get to hear him speak four times and there's eight other speakers and there's breakout sessions. It's going to be great. You're going to know how to share your faith. You're going to understand Jesus Christ rationally and how it makes sense. My favorite thing about Jesus Christ rationally, okay? He did so many miracles that people were so crazy about it that they brought all their sick to him and he just kept doing more miracles. And you'll find these passages in the Gospels, right? And then he did the ultimate miracle of dying on the cross and being risen from the dead. And now billions of people are talking about him across the world. It's one of the most rational things to think about. Like it actually gets me pumped to share about Jesus. So don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous as it says in Joshua. Bring other men to this conference. Praise God. It's going to be a good time. Thanks, Connor. All right, who's introducing J-Man? J-Song. Here you go. 
Well, thank you. I get the pleasure this week of not speaking, but instead introducing Jason. Jason was blessed to grow up in a home where his parents demonstrated the love of Jesus both inside and out the home. It set a strong foundation as he served in both the Marine Corps and, unfortunately, the Navy. His time also, what he failed to leave off here is that he was a ring knocker there who went through the Naval Academy. Jason also served in the West Orange community since 2001. He served in various roles at Mosaic Church, which is where I had the pleasure of meeting him. And he's been part of Ironman for over seven years, so he's one of the long haulers here with us. And this, I had to throw this in. He's currently employed as Director of Project Management for a growing firm. He seeks to transform groups into elite teams to attack the gates of hell. I love that. And enjoying doing life with his girlfriend, Julie. And he's a proud dad of two adult sons, which we get to see on occasion here, Bryce and William. So, Jason, come on up. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here before you, and I, I, I hope that the time here today is I get to encourage you, get to honor and glorify Jesus Christ, just help you guys draw closer to him as he draws you closer to him and others through you to him. So we get the unique privilege of being called and be on mission for Jesus Christ. So it's really a pleasure. Do we have any Tom Brady or Bucks fans out here? Yeah, it, it was really cool to see them make history this past Super Bowl, right? And do it at the home stadium. And I could use statistics. I could use interviews. I could use video. could use some eyewitness accounts. And I bet you we got some eyewitnesses here, right, that have seen him play and could make the argument that he is one of the, not one, he is the best quarterback in NFL history, right? We can make that case. And it would be a very compelling case. And everyone here that has any inkling of football, right? I mean, I know there's some of us that don't don't follow that. But everybody knows who Tom Brady is and has witnessed some of his magnificent performance, right? Now, I like Tom Brady. I respect him. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a diehard. Anyway, we'll, we'll go past that. So, but assume I could make that case for him, right? I'm going to assume you believe that with me. So imagine with me that we get taken captive by the meanest anti-Brady people out there, right? And they take us and we're sitting in a jail cell and they say, hey, when we come back, we're going to ask you, we want you to denounce that Tom Brady is even in the top five, right? You just got to deny it. And for the rest of your life, and you got to deny it, okay? And if you don't, then we're going to keep you incarcerated. Now, I know this is facetious, all right, but bear with me. We'll come back to this in a minute, okay? So my assignment is to address, was Jesus' death a sham and his resurrection a hoax? I can tell you that I'm not the expert to try and convince you one way or the other on this. I think Angel Garcia gave some convincing arguments about prior to the resurrection and what happened afterwards last uh, at the coffee that uh, gave some good evidence toward that convincing uh, information. We could review Lee Strobel's research and discuss in detail about the four proofs of the resurrection. You know, he emphasized the evidence that almost all scholars accept and led the atheist scholar Gerd Ludeman to state that historically it is indisputable that Jesus was dead. This is an atheist scholar concluding, yes, Jesus was dead. All right. We have a creed that is an eyewitness account within months of the event, which the time between the event and when these accounts come and where you can tie, that's important to historical verification and documentation and so forth. So we have that within months of the event. There's also the fact that even the opponents of the resurrection concede that the tomb was empty. 
But now I disagree on why it was empty, but there is no debate whether it was empty or not. And then for most history that we consider fact, we're lucky if we get like one or two sources that account for that. But in this case, we have no less than nine ancient sources within and without the New Testament that point to the confirming and corroborating that the disciples encountered a risen Christ. We could talk about all that and discuss that. These and many other resources we could use to present the compelling case. But let's return to the scenario of you and me in jail with a threat of incarceration unless we deny what we believe is probably true, right? Now, there are many things that I know are worthy of dying and suffering for because they're important and true. I don't know about you, but for me, I would do the denunciation of Tom Brady and you know, deny him and what I think to be true to avoid incarceration and just get on with my life at that point, right? Because that truth is pretty insignificant on things. But now consider Jesus' disciples. They ended up in much more severe and real situations. Right? We're, we're thinking hypothetically, they were in real situations where, with the exception of John and Judas, it is understood that the remaining apostles, including Paul, suffered significantly and died most horrible deaths because of their conviction that Jesus died and rose from the grave. I can think of scenarios where someone would die or suffer for something that they believed to be true, even if it wasn't, but I cannot fathom anyone willing to die or suffer for something they knew wasn't true. And if the disciples had any doubts about Jesus' death and resurrection, or if they had participated in fabricating the stories, or in fabricating the story and knew it to be untrue, would they have suffered and died for it? And, and I can't get there. And that level of conviction is compelling, right? That level of conviction is compelling. I don't believe God asked us to convince people of truth. My understanding is that's the work of the Holy Spirit. But what he does ask of us, he tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. This passage instructs us to be ready with a defense for the hope that is in us and to do it with gentleness and respect. So while you study and prepare for people asking you about the hope you have, use that evidence that you're putting together, use it to increase your level of conviction about what you believe and of that hope that in this world because Jesus has risen, because your conviction will be seen and felt and carry much more influence than any evidence you may actually get to share. And many times you don't actually don't get to share the evidence. They're looking at your life. And if you are living with the hope and you're convinced of that, that's going to show and carry and be the compelling argument that people see that something's true about this because it's affecting your life. Thanks for your attention and may your conviction about hope in Christ compel others to ask you why. Wow, that was awesome, Jason, and I think that was eight minutes. That was awesome. Jason also prepared three questions I sent out to all the table captains last night. So, uh, table captains, I'm going to give the floor to you for the uh, remainder of the morning.